0: Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Moletsky,
1: And I'm Melanie Curtis.
0: Our mission is to live, love, laugh, and learn together with you.
1: Yes, indeed. We are here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey.
0: Amen. Across the wider internet, our handle is trustthejourney.today. That will get you directly to our website, it'll help you find us on Patreon, it'll get you to uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you're looking to find us, YouTube, SoundCloud, we're all over the place on the internet. If you'd like to support the show, you can like, subscribe, comment. Give us a five-star rating, any of the above. Most importantly, if you'd like to really get behind the show and help make it happen, Patreon's the place to do that. Any donation will get you into the Trust the Journey family, which is a safe space that we all curate together. It's a space where we can share our true selves without worrying about being chastised or attacked or any of the things that might happen in the bigger world. We're actually creating the community we want to have, the society we want to have in the Trust the Journey family. It's a beautiful space Full of loving individuals We invite you to be a member And all you have to do To become a member Is donate on any amount In Patreon Go to TrustTheJourney.today, scroll down, hit the Donate Now button, go on Patreon, make a donation, support the show, and become a member of the Trust The Journey family.
1: Amen. Yeah. And we also are open to sponsorships now. We have been doing the show for over 100 episodes. We feel like we have paid our dues. We have an audience. We have reach. And we're now looking for aligned partnerships. So if that feels like you, or you have an idea for us of a brand that might be a fit for us, please reach out, let us know, and we're going to start to cultivate those relationships and uh, go from there making advertisers an additional value add to the show. So it's not just about partnering with anybody who's going to give us money. It's about partnering with people that align with our values, that are adding value to the world in their ways, and that we genuinely believe in so that when you hear something advertised on our show, you can know it's a high value to you as well. So cool. Yeah. And we also want to thank Kimberly Joy Voice. Kim, we love you. She is our audio engineer, editor extraordinaire. Get Kim's services if you need help. Kimberlyjoyvoice.com. Jay is on Instagram at Jason underscore Maletsky. Everything for me is MelanieCurtis.com. And yeah, we're diving in today talking about Burning Man. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, what a topic! Yeah, where do we begin?
1: Uh, well, you know, it's I think I think it's important to note for people listening is that I have never been to Burning Man, and Jay has many times, and it's something that, at least for me, I feel more and more called to want to go there i feel very much aligned that uh, it would be a space that i would love and a community and a beautiful experience that would be sort of very aligned with my life and and beliefs and calling to connection and art and expression and healing and all the things but that's just me assuming cuz i don't really know i haven't had the experience so i want to interview jay a little bit more about this event so for people who are interested in it and knowing more Uh, we can learn a bit more about it and go from there. How does that sound to you, Jay?
0: Yeah, Uh, well, I'll, I'll also put some backstory in place. I've just returned from my eighth burn over a 15 year span. My first burn was in 2007. This is my eighth burn. It's now 2022. And I am currently in the stage that burners refer to as decompression, where I am reintegrating myself into what we call the default world, which is not an easy process. Um, the, what ha- one of the many, many things that happens at Burning Man is we shift away from the default world, the world we're used to living in, which is just the default right it's where we exist it's the world we're born into and we've created another world for ourselves to live within and reintegrating back into this default world is it's a challenging experience because the world we create for ourselves at the burn is vastly different Mm -hmm. from the one that we live in as a default
1: Mm. which sounds to me very appealing hashtag fuck the system (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah very Um, much so obviously there's a million things i could ask but i mean just to dovetail off of that initial share what is different
0: wow uh well many many things are different Mm -hmm. uh first of all i think the biggest thing that differs in the burning man once once the week the, you know the lead up the whole burn has occurred the general um how do you say state of being of the citizens of black rock city is one that is what i would call wide open where hearts minds souls acceptance are just wide open and there's no more judgment there's no more holding on to or like this idea of i Mm. keeping something for myself everything is ours everything is we everything is us Mm. and there's a connectiveness amongst the citizens that We don't necessarily feel here in the default world, which is very individualized, very mine, very fence around it. I keep this. That's mine. If you want some, maybe I'll sell you some Mm. kind of commodity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. capitalized where Burning Man is a decommodification gifting culture Mm. where everything is ours and we just take care of each other. It's a big family.
1: Beautiful. Can can you give us just a. For people who don't even know what Burning Man is, I kind of want to. Sure. Hear a little bit about like, do you know how it started? Do you know, like, what is the premise? People show up to do what? I mean, I know there's like this big burning of this thing at the end. And there's some metaphor around that. But can you give us a little just bare bones understanding of what the event is, why people would go there, other than what you've just shared, obviously?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to be guessing, I think it is 33 years Um, could be off by a few years, but I think it's 33 years since uh, Larry Harvey founded the event, and it was initially a gathering of free-minded people on a beach in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they built an effigy of a man to burn as a bonfire as an exemblance of like how we're tired of living in this kind of concept of Mm. you know who we are and what we what it means to be human and what it means to be a person you know and in the society they'd lived in so around 33 years ago larry harvey founded the event and it went on for a couple years or a few years on that location and eventually outgrew the space and it moved from the Bay Area to the Black Rock Desert, which is about two or three hours north of Reno, Nevada, on a dry lake bed, which is commonly referred to as the playa. Mm-hmm. The lake bed is a alkaline dust. It is a very, very fine alkaline powder. So it is Pretty much perfectly flat, mine out mine for a few sand traps where the dust builds up when the wind blows, and it is a very very intense environment it does not sustain life mm-hmm. it is the least life sustaining place that you could imagine wow. it's like being on the surface of the moon wow, in the sense that if you didn't have everything you need to support your life you 're going to shrivel up and die very quickly mm-hmm. you would probably last less than a day or days. I mean, it's not going you would not last very long without a full regiment of supplies. I'm talking about miles and miles and miles of dr- perfectly flat, dry 110 degrees in the daytime could be down into freezing at night mm. and the wind can blow to where it is a total whiteout where you can't see anything at all, dust storms. Wow. Very intense environment. Wow. Uh-huh. So the event happens every year, except for the last couple of years of COVID in the Black Rock Desert. And about fifty to 70,000 people gather. And the event is a celebration of art. It is an mm-hmm. art festival. Mm-hmm. I would very clearly say that it's an art festival and not a music festival. To differentiate, there is plenty of music. But the event is based around art as its core foundation. And so there are large scale art installations all over the event. And in the center of the event, there's a large structure, an effigy of a man,
1: Bernie. Mm. (laughs) It's
0: his affectionate name, Bernie. (laughs)
1: Nice.
0: And um, every year they build this effigy. And the culmination of the event on the Saturday night, the man is burned to the ground. And in my personal view of that, it's a it's a release of our concept of self, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just seeing the pictures, I can only imagine what the experience is like. You know what I mean? It seems to me like one of those things that. You cannot really describe it or get it unless you have experienced it, even though, and I don't mean that in an exclusionary sense. I mean it just in uh, acknowledging that it is so unique and special and not repeatable in outside of those circumstances. Um,
0: the context is yeah, so deeply, like deeply important. Super,
1: yeah. super big time. And and even just like I was saying, just seeing the pictures of the art is our uh, the art is absolutely mind-blowingly beautiful to me when i see it and i love the idea personally of of ending up at a at a burn one of these years and being able to have that experience because as someone who loves art so much also loves connecting also believes in opening our minds and all the things that you just described it has a great appeal what's interesting is that there were years where, (laughs) this is sort of funny to say now based on where I am in my own evolution, where I was like, oh my God, the last thing I would want to do is go to Burning Man. Like who would want to go to that? There were a number of years where I'm like, I just spent 15 years of my life going to the biggest party of the year at every skydiving event, traveling the globe, working super hard. The last thing I wanted to do was to go to something that seemed like a big party. You know what I mean? And I think there can be misconceptions about what it is and why people go. And so that's sort of what I'd be curious to hear about next is. What drew you to it? How did you even go? Because I, I know tickets sell out immediately. Like, how do you even get to go? What called you to go? Can you say more about that?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, initially, uh, 2007, my first burn, I was called by the curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, that like that deep, deep curiosity of what is this? What's going on out there? I've been to many music festivals. I'd been to lots of big parties. I'd been to lots of skydiving boogies, like a world free fall convention, yep. you know, huge gatherings of thousands of people. So, and I'd been to big events and music festivals all around the world and, and had some ideas of what I thought it was about, but you, you never, no matter what I try to explain here today, you never really know what it's about until you're there and you're actually experiencing it.
1: Yeah. I believe so, that.
0: And you you really hit the nail on the head where like you just can't create the context that is the experience without the experience and and then so that is that brings you to the question of like oh who goes Yeah, who gets tickets mm-hmm. and this this is a really curious experience in my own journey o- over the 15 year span that I've gone i've anytime i've ever wanted to go and made the decision to go I get a ticket Mm. and whether that comes through going through the initial uh, ticketing process and, you know, buying tickets on the day of, or just looking for a ticket afterwards, or like this year where I found myself with a sudden change of plans late in the season. I wasn't planning on going. I had plans to be on another continent doing other things. And those plans changed at the last minute. And I suddenly had the calling and I felt like, what are you doing? You should be going to this event. Why aren't you? Why aren't you looking for a ticket to see if you can go? And I made two or three, I think I shouted out to three people. And the first one replied back, the second one replied back within two hours, I had a ticket and a vehicle pass in my hands, because the people who are meant to be there end up Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, it's kind of it's a self filtering plot. And every year, it's the same thing that the day before, the days before, I see people going. I've got a ticket. I've got a ticket. Who wants a ticket? You know, like those tickets become available because the right people, the you know, the people who aren't really committed, back out, and the people who are saying, "I'm going no matter what." Yeah, right down to the and I have a perfect example of somebody who was like I don't have a ticket my bags are packed mm-hmm. they are packed like person is like they've got their food sort of they've got all this they like they are we're going yeah and then boom ticket beautiful lands in their lap that, such, that's how that works I'm such a believer in that
1: such yeah. a believer that's how that works yeah. yeah well so why did you continue to go you know what I mean if curiosity called you there you know can you like what what makes you go back? And I, I presume there, that's a long answer because it probably, you know, like it probably involves all this like stuff that happens over the uh, eight times that you've been to this thing, which, uh, yeah, I don't, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, am yeah. like very curious about that evolution of participation.
0: Well, let me just say that I just took a five year break Mm -hmm. it was 2017 last time I went Mm. and I did not feel called to go between then and Mm. now I felt very clearly that I needed some space and time to grow and change and to process and to develop and I'll say that Burning Man changes you Mm. it changes us or at least it changed me
1: Mm.
0: and in that sense, what I can say is, I'm not the same person that I was before I went. Mm. And every time I go back, that is the same story. Mm. So it is a transformative event. It is the kind of life experience that you return from changed because of the intensity of the experience. You're never going to be the same person afterwards. And I I've been reflecting on this point pretty deeply over the last week or so while I decompress and de-dust de-dust oh my gosh the dust it just gets everywhere <laughs> and the person that I am now like I start to look back at pictures I look back at the pictures of who I was before my first burn and I look at pictures of who I am now and it's visibly obvious <laughs> the differences are are clear as day you know, before my first burn, I had I had no tattoos. Now I'm I'm covered in ink. I've I'm becoming art. Mm. You know, the art is just overwhelming. i like, this is a, it's a state of mind. It's a state of being. It's just a way of a way of living. And yeah, Burning Man it changes us.
1: What is one of your more Poignant transformations. I, I'm not to hierarchically tell those stories, but can you give us a more detailed, specific example of a transformation that you have basically been through as a result of going to Burning Man?
0: Uh, yeah, I can give you one that just it just it just goes straight to the core. Yeah, it's right to the it. center of the heart. Please, 2017 Burning Man. Was the time and place where Tucci and I, my first wife, decided to separate Mm. and get a divorce. Mm. That was the place where we looked each other and said in the eye and said, yeah, this is over. Mm. This period of life, this 15 years that we've been together is now drawing to a close. And we're both acknowledging that and that that push, that nudge to that place, like to get to that. Awareness on both sides of us for both of us to reach that happened because of putting ourselves in that place together and reaching that together. And now, returning five years later, I spent the vast majority of my time with Tucci, Mm -hmm. enjoying, loving her company, loving her friendship, loving our infinitely entwined relationship. And enjoying her passionate relationship with her new partner and being completely comfortable and both of us completely loving and supporting and and grown out of that codependent yep. relationship that we'd been in into these st- strong, independent, loving people who could support and enjoy and celebrate each other. And I absolutely credit that the burn as a one of the big pieces in that puzzle of undoing that codependency building the independent self-reliant individuals and then being able to come back and celebrate the who we are together once again at the same event five years later
1: absolutely beautiful beautiful i mean (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I hear you describing it. And to me, the only thing that it feels reminiscent of is ceremony, is plant medicine work, you know, where it's so intense, it's nothing can describe it. You have to experience it. And yet you are changed forever as a result of it. Um, That experiential thing. One thing, this is sort of a slight left turn from the deeper transformational stuff, but I feel like I've heard stories like this, but maybe this will go nowhere, but it, I want to ask it anyway, is have you had any experiences there where like it's this synchronistic, random, you meet someone that you didn't expect to meet or you have, oh, this, you know, like something like that, where it's this like an unexpected, delightful and or not. I mean, I guess it could be any kind of unexpected thing, but I feel like there's probably a lot of that creative collisions and connections that you wouldn't anticipate. Can you say say more about that?
0: Well, there's that's really obvious. I and mean, when you're there, that becomes a very obvious part of the experience mm-hmm. because you can imagine if you live in a town or a city with 75,000 people in it, how often are you going to bump into the same people? Well, if you uh, frequent the same places, same coffee shop, the same restaurant, you can <laughs> expect to see the same people. But if you're just wandering about the town, it's going to be fairly random. Yep. And what we find is we run into the same people over and over again, mm. In no matter where we are in the deep playa or at some uh, art event or some some talk there's all kinds of workshops there's all kinds of things going on, and we tend to run into our friends, our family, our clique of people that we're close connected to. Our similarly charged electrons are floating about the nucleus of the this, this event and continuing to collide with each other in the same places and I'll mention one specifically because yeah. it's been very very clear to me. And I, I hope she hears this, actually, because <laughs> it's been very important. It's been ve- she've been very you've been very important. Thank you. Present. <laughs>
1: it.
0: So every, um, it's very common for burners to have playa names, names mm-hmm. that they choose to go by in the Burning Man world that are not the name, birth name that they were given, you know, um, I personally haven't chosen another name for myself but many people do Mm. and my first visit to temple there's a temple at the 12 o'clock radio on the map of the event my very first visit to the temple I met my friend present and she's become a dear friend somebody that I love very much and her name is present and every time over all my visits to the burn that I have made the journey to the temple to go and to connect and to spiritually say, okay, I'm going to the temple with intentionality and I'm going to spend some time in the temple and I'm going to get in touch with my own emotions. And there she is wandering by Mm. every (sighs) single time that I've been.
1: Wow. And it has,
0: it's just been it's one of these things that the universe gives us as the little reminder, you know, like the little black cat in the matrix mm-hmm. kind of story where you're like, yep, there's the key right there that just tells you that everything is happening for a reason and all is as it's supposed to be. And so thank you, present, for keeping <sighs> me present to my myself and my where I'm at. You yeah. know,
1: I love that. And I think that's something because... This could be an entire episode, just hearing about some weird, cool, amazing, beautiful, transformational thing that people who don't go could never access. And, and that what you just shared is a, I think a great example of something extractable where like that happens in outside the burn all the time. Where it's like, this shows up and this shows up. We just have to be tuned in. You know what I mean? Whereas it sounds like the burn is a place where people tune in much more intentionally than if they would outside in their waking life with the screens, with the work, with the 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 da, da, all the things. But for me, for sure, I have experiences like that where I'm like, what, something's going on here. And, and I'm, I'm noticing that. I'm allowing my intuition to come through. I'm allowing myself to, to recognize it, to honor it, to actually give it the respect that it deserves. And then as a result, go into a connection or an experience that we maybe wouldn't have had otherwise had we not allowed it and respected it.
0: Yeah, I'm a big believer in the same concept of listening to your instinct or letting your guardian angels guide you. Uh, your your soul or your inner knowing taking charge and putting you in the right places at the right times to have these, you know, coincidences. Mm, yeah, there are no coincidences that, that <laughs> we all, we all know that.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Well, tell me about the art. Have you ever created art for Burning Man? If you have, tell us about that. If not, or the secondary part of the question, what is art that you have witnessed and experienced there that has impacted you in a really notable way?
0: Sure. The obvious answer for me being a DJ is that playing music for people Mm. has been, you know, that's been my source of like a deeply curated art, something that I've spent decades developing and honing as a skill set to be able to then dive into. And I have always looked forward, deeply looked forward to the opportunity to share my art in that context with such open-hearted and open-minded people who are were there to there to receive that kind of a gift and this year was really interesting i did not get to perform i did mm-hmm. not get to deliver my art um my computer overheated cooked and fried some circuits mm-hmm. and required a complete shut down and once i brought it back to the default world and reinstalled everything on it, i got it all working again but something about the playa and the heat and this experience decided that this year i wasn't going to give music as my gift as far as a form of art Mm. and i've been involved in many others uh the one i would like to highlight this year is air phoenix's offering uh The way this city is organized is into theme camps, so the theme camps are kind of small neighborhoods mm-hmm. of you know anywhere between say a dozen to a hundred people maximum I mean, usually around thirty or forty is probably an average sized camp and the theme camps offer some offering to the other participants and the organization, the Burning Man Org, supports art and endeavors that are that are interactive, that are allowing the participants to have an experience or enabling the uh, the participants to have an experience. And Air Phoenix, the camp that I camped with this year, is primarily made up of base jumpers, but not base jumpers alone. It's all kinds of Sky family and relatives and over the past years, Air Phoenix has offered uh, gifted tandem skydives over Blackrock City. So people would be given randomly chosen out of the society and given a little chip and you come back to the camp and. They would be, go through a selection process and then it would get down to whoever gets chosen. And mm. some people would be given a sunrise tandem over Burning Man, first skydive ever kind of wow. thing. And this was a great gift. It was a wonderful experience, but it was for the select few. Only half a dozen or a dozen people would receive this gift over the duration of the event. And so this year, Air Phoenix swung the needle on the compass in a slightly different direction. And pointed towards something that we could do that would give people a similar experience and pull up emotions and Mm -hmm. get to why and get to our fears Mm -hmm. and get to who we are as base jumpers and skydivers and what we do and why we do it. So our art or our offering this year was that we built two 45 foot tall towers of scaffolding. So we're talking about a five story building, two of them next to each other and we rigged them with guy lines to stabilize them. And then we ran ropes in between them and we created a rope swing jump from these 45 foot tall towers for people to be able to climb up to the top of and and leap off. Wow. And that we had about 200 people were able to make their, their jumps on these towers. And I'll tell you what, Building these and climbing up there and just being up there, it's scary up there (sighs) because I believe that a a pile of scaffolding that is just up in standing in the air is (sighs) it's wobbly. It's scary. The wind blows, you know, the dust blows. So it's a real deal experience just being up there. Mm -hmm. Never mind, okay, I'm going to jump off this and trust whoever these guys (laughs) and girls are to save my life with whatever system they've set up, and the whole thing's not going to come up, you know? It just probably
1: looks super. I don't even, I can't even imagine what it actually looks like. Certainly not like high end, clean, like anyway you know what i mean it just probably looks like oh i built it in my backyard literally out of stuff i yep. found in my garage
0: yep it looks like a <laughs> construction site it's right. just stacks of scaffolding you know with a bunch of ropes guying everything down so that it all doesn't blow over so yeah so this year's offering was a look inside it was an in it ins- instigated people and inspired people to face their fears and we mm-hmm. would go out on our journeys around the playa while we were touring the city and meeting other people, we would tell them about what we're doing and invite them back and give them a little, um, a little token to say, Hey, come on back at this place in this time. This is when we'll be running the operation. And we had such a great crew of people. And I really want to give kudos out to everybody in here. Phoenix, you guys crushed it. It was amazing. And I'm so honored and proud to be part of the team uh, that did such a great job. And everybody who came and climbed the towers and whether they just climbed up and sat and enjoyed sunsets or sunrises or whether they came and actually jumped off them during the times that we had the jumping operation going on. It was fantastic. And I want to give kudos to everybody who jumped off of it, too. It's oh,
1: beautiful. Uh, it was scary. But-
0: I Yeah, I did a Go ahead.
1: Did you jumped? You jumped off it too? Yeah. Yeah. During
0: the testing. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's why it was my guess. But yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a visceral, literal, physical. It's so funny. I walked. I I don't know. This is not even close to the same thing, but it's just to make a note about the bodily physical response. Like my body responds to height. Period. It yeah. does, and not everyone's necessarily does. But like people, I think would look at me and go, "Oh, you have twelve thousand skydives and da 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 da, all done all these weird things and not, made all these jumps in these weird places." You probably don't feel anything. Literally, like just the other day, I did the like skywalk or whatever it is where you're like hooked on a harness and you're walking on the edge, of the outside of like one of these tall buildings in Manhattan in New York City. And I know I'm rigged. I'm not afraid. Like, I'm not going to fall off. But my body was yeah. responding. I was like, my knees were shaking. I was stoked. I was enjoying it. But, but physically, literally, my body was responding. And I think there's, it's, it's, what a gift to give people that experience with their physical response. You know, it's like, it sounds almost because we talk a lot about emotional response, but there is something very powerful and beautiful about meeting our bodies in a powerful way too. And I I feel like that's what I hear in what you guys gave so many people on top of, of course, the emotional response that goes with that
0: bodily response. Yeah, absolutely. It's the the body, mind and soul, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we can stand there and we even had participants from within our own camp who it took them the whole week to get to the point where they would actually harness up and climb up the tower get all the way to the point of jumping and have to sit back down no <sighs> no you know like get to the edge get, get there and go no 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 and like <laughs> get back down on the ground and sit down again for a little while and like calm the body yeah, back down yeah and being able to bring everything to that state of you know, the physical body, it responds to the fears that we have. And so in tri- intentionally triggering these fears, but also holding a safe space for them to be triggered. Yeah. And by placing individuals and team members at the. The specific and known locations where these are going to trigger. Yeah. Right. Like we had people on at the base of the scaffolding. At the transition to the next level, at the top level, we'd have a coach. We'd have a life coach, Beautiful. right? That's where, like, life coaches, they're like, come on, we're going to help you along. And, and we'd have people as they're shaking, yeah. as they're, like, trying to get up the scaffolding, and somebody's foot, their, their leg starts to jitter, you know, and they yep. can't stop their leg from shaking. You literally have to grab their leg and, like, put, pull their leg and put their leg back down on the platform and help them because yep. they're clammed onto the thing because they're so scared. Yeah. So, this was the whole goal is to like, let's be intentionally in our bodies and experience the, what our bodies have for us to experience. And in this case, it's fear and overcoming that fear.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Th- that is what I'm interested to hear about next is what what did people say when they Got down, like what was some of the what were some of the takeaways that you saw from people that were in that experience?
0: Well, we were really happy with the results because we all know from lifetimes uh, spent in the sport of skydiving. Of what a tandem student or a first-time jumper looks like and how they're expressing themselves when their feet hit the ground. And it was very much the same. Very, very cool. much the same experience. Right. That's what we were aiming for. And that's what we got out of it. Is people were exuberant. They were like, oh my God, I was so scared up there. And I can't believe I did it. And thank and so much gratitude and so much presence and so much awareness and uh, self-confidence for having overcome. Their fear that they know it need you know we know they know they need a degree of it but they know that it also shouldn't control them and dominate them so it is very alike and kind to what we see from a tandem operation and that's what we were going for and it was yeah. it was great
1: and yeah. then that's another thing very very translatable to to outside of the playa life to to quote regular life being outside of that curated, created environment and in this sort of society that we all live in, well, most of us anyway, um, and being able to call on that experience and go, I did that. The capability, the shift around capability, the understanding of the physical response as this thing that can be met that can be worked through, that can be worked through with key support at key places. I love the metaphor of that, of having, you know, the, the life coach or the support team at those key moments where you know that people are going to struggle and then delivering that support to the people so that they have that experience, not just the one of jumping off the off the scaffolding. You know, that's that's like the Jay wins a world championship. That's not Jay needs to get back on the plane after having a cutaway or fucking frapping into the pond and not killing himself. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah. It was really awesome about it as well was the level of experience of the people who were doing the say the harnessing putting harnesses on people and yeah. prepping them and talking to them about what they're what they're going to do and how it's all going to go you have people with 10 or 20,000 jumps you know multiple championships all these like highly skilled individuals who are just like hi nice to meet you you know i'm gonna <laughs> be your I'm gonna be your gear up person today yeah and no idea that the guy working the ropes is one of the most renowned rope men in the world yeah. from climbing and El capitan and you know a phenomenal group of people that are just bringing themselves down to earth and being available and accessible and Anyway, what a great offering. I'm super proud of Air Phoenix for for the work that they did.
1: Well, I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit. This is a bit of a selfish ask because... I just did my most recent photo shoot yesterday, which as you know, I love my photo shoots and my fashion and creating and expressing in that form. And that's one of the things that I've absolutely loved about the idea of going to Burning Man is creating the amazing outfits that everyone wears, but I want to understand more How did that was that the same from the start? Did it evolve? Was it is it obviously it's art, but is it, you know, say say more about the fashion element, because obviously people wear wild and crazy things that theoretically wouldn't be, quote, acceptable outside of that environment, And I love that. That is a feels to me like an amazing, beautiful double middle finger to the system, which, you know, I love, but it also feels like beautiful, creative self-expression. It feels like freedom. It feels like an honoring of body, our bodies, body positivity, all kinds of things I feel like come through in the fashion. And so I just would love to hear more about that.
0: It, it's phenomenal. Yeah, um, I'll I'll say right now that I still have remnants of fishnet stocking sunburn.
1: So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect.
0: So, yeah,
1: that's a sentence I didn't think I'd hear today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, my, I can speak to my own experience, of course. Only ever speak to my own experience. I think somebody like yourself who is very fashion forward is going to go to an event like this with big plans and yeah. you know wide eyes and excited and yeah. you know exec, you know ideas to execute myself when I started going now here's the big difference right like when I and, and there's a there's a meme and I don't remember where I saw it maybe it was on one of the burning sky groups or um burning sky the group of skydivers that jumps there one of the camps um but it's like year 1 and it has you know a dude In a pair of like, uh, uh, beach beach shorts and a tank top, and a ball cap. It's like year one, yeah. Burning (laughs) Man year one, year two, the ball cap's gone, and there's a funnier hat and some bracelets (laughs) and funky shoes. Year two, year three, the board shorts are gone. Year four, it's like full on rainbow tutus (laughs) and stockings and like, yeah, bralette and like, I just, yeah actually, this is me this you know this is this is exactly me. It's like I went to Burning Man and I dressed within what I felt was a safe version of my own expression of self based on the default world, yeah yeah, yep. based on what I had been told by society my whole life is okay or not okay for me to wear as a mature male,
1: yeah,
0: and so I would default to. Costumes, mm-hmm. and I'll use the word costumes very clearly over outfits. Yep, yep. I would default to costumes that met the male persona of who I am. And I'm very grateful that in the 15 years I have come to embrace my entirety of who I am. And now the majority of the outfits that I choose to wear are very asexual, are very feminine and express my entirety of who I am. Love it. And it it is the opportunity to showcase every and all layer of creativity and self-celebration and just digging into the beautiful versions of who we are and loving it.
1: I clearly need to, in a beautiful way, go.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> it's, yeah,
1: it's, yeah it's, it's coming for sure. Oh, I love it. Well, okay. So outside of the Air Phoenix stuff, I'm curious, what are you, obviously you're decompressing, like you said, you're in that, in that sort of phase after such a big transformative experience. What are you taking away from this year that is going to be integrated back into your, quote, regular life?
0: Okay. Excuse me. I'm going to touch on the tender bits. Okay.
1: Okay. And you don't need to share if you don't want to, of course.
0: No, I am going to. This is this is this burn was really key for me. It was critical. Mm -hmm. It was a fundamentally game-changing, timeline-shifting, pivotal.
1: Good.
0: The words that I'm going to pick to try to encompass the experience. You know, I went to this burn without really knowing what it was that I was there to give and wanting to be present and of service. Um, Whenever I would find myself kind of not knowing what to do, I'll walk up to somebody and say, how can I be of service? Mm. You know, what can I do to be of service here? And there's a really well-known quote that you'll hear from burners which is you never get the burn you want you always get the burn you need yeah and it's much like ceremony in that sense where you're going to have some kind of transformative experience that is going to push you in the direction of self-growth whether it tastes good or not
1: Uh, yeah and
0: so i found myself showing up to this burn with more preparedness um, I mean, like materially, like I had my van, I have a trailer, I've got a whole ton of equipment, I've got sound equipment. I've got camp equipment. I could really show up and like bring a full load of my, of myself and say, Hey guys, here's how I can contribute. I can bring shade. I can bring um facilities you know i can bring sound equipment i can bring all these lights i can bring all this cabling i can bring power supplies i can do the things that are going to contribute to the greater sense of the experience for everybody and then where i would find myself i find myself with this pattern repeating where i would do i would spend the whole day working so you know i showed up early i had early entrance this year once again uh, to be able to show up early and help build the camp before everybody else arrives, so that means getting up early, putting on work gloves, um, dust mask, and goggles, goggles, and working physical hard labor all day long in 110 degree heat. You know, wow. so just busting ass, and I would finish a long hard day of work, and I'm like, man, I did good work today. I really like served my culture, my community, my friends. I served, and I feel good about who I am. For having given back to everybody. And this is the whole point of Burning Man is giving to each other. And I would give to each other. And instead of allowing myself to feel good about the work that I've done and giving myself a pat on the back, I would find some way to make myself feel bad, Mm -hmm. to make myself. And this, this is the awareness is coming as as an end and this happened as I'm leaving the burn actually just happened in the last couple days Mm -hmm. I'm starting to put the pieces together I would recognize that every time I would do good quality work and I would be of service to my society then I would find some way to make myself feel bad for feeling good Uh. and I figured out it was the pattern would recur and recur and I would try to get up and show up and be present, and be of service and and offer everything that I can to be there in whatever way, form or shape that looks like. And then afterwards, I'd find some way to make my feel myself feel bad, mm-hmm. you know, whether that was through an inner voice that is like self degrading or whether that's through uh, drug abuse and then making myself feel physically bad for mm-hmm. having done too much drugs. And now as a result, I feel terrible afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, but the, what it came down to is I figured out that at a core level that I've not been believing that I'm deserving of happiness that I've not been, I not have not believed that I'm deserving of love yeah. and getting, this has been my core takeaway from this burn is every time I would, be, I'd be a big contributor to my camp and to people around me, and people would be so grateful for my presence, and I would find some way to shoot myself down mm-hmm. for it to make myself feel bad. And I no longer need to feel that way. I recognize that I can feel grateful to myself, and I can be deserving of happiness, and I can be deserving of love.
1: Yeah, that. That's a huge, that's huge. Thank you you for sharing. Huge. It's absolutely huge. The, have you felt the good feelings that you are cognitively starting to have awareness that you are allowed to feel? Are you actually feeling them?
0: Yes. Okay. It's very interesting. I went to a, a talk a workshop which was hosted by one of my good friends um of uh, Brett Kissler mm-hmm. and the workshop had to do with hearing those inner voices that we we all have within ourselves and acknowledging them and developing skill sets for how to respond to them and to recognize when they're occurring and learn how to literally Speak back to the voices within our heads. So we all have these, right? We all have these things where you're like, ah, you're not good enough, or that Mm -hmm. was stupid, or don't do that. You're going to look dumb, Mm -hmm. you know. And that little voice, whatever that, wherever that voice came from, that voice can literally suck a dick.
1: Get out of here, like (laughs) in the bad way. In the bad way. In the bad. (laughs) In the bad
0: way. Because there's plenty of good ways to do that, right? right? but that voice can like get lost like yeah. who the hell are you you're not you're not supporting me you're mm-hmm. not ensuring that i'm living my full life that i'm taking care of myself and and really receiving what I deserve to receive. You're shooting me down. You're that bully in the schoolyard. You're that, yep. you know, that, the terrible voice that does nothing to take care of my best interests or look out to make sure that I'm going to grow and achieve and, and, and spiritually develop. And so I attended this seminar and this workshop with a few friends and you sit with each other face to face and you speak This is so vulnerable. It's so scary. You speak the words that you hear your own inner voice say to you aloud (sighs) to the other person. (sighs) And you try a few scenarios. One is where you actually use the other person's voice, uh, other person's name instead of your name. So I would say, Melanie, you suck at this, (sighs) you know, and I'd have to see you'd have to just sit there and receive that and and. Allow me to have, you know, the vulnerable process of sharing that. Mm -hmm. And then I would try saying this, like uh, verbalizing the same thing, just to hear it, just to process it and say, Jay, you suck at this. Why do you keep trying to do this? This is to, you know, and hear myself, tell myself that I suck at something, Yeah, you know, and, and, and have you be witness to that Mm -hmm. and, and then work on hearing that voice And developing a response and developing a way to say, hey, I don't suck at this. I'm getting better at this every try. You go ahead and get lost. Actually, you know what? I don't work for you. So why don't you just go disappear now?
1: Yeah. You know, and so much so often those voices came from a protective where they they actually were of service to us back in the day. Say you, you know, and this is just a hypothetical, but like the bully in the schoolyard if you're bullying yourself to stay silent, it it likely it likely meant you would have actually experienced less bullying because you were staying small, not being noticed or whatever that might have done. And so there is a a flipping of that too. both the, hey, get out of here, I don't work for you. And kind of like active, honest, healthy anger toward that voice. And Gratitude to be like, thank you for protecting me. Then I mm-hmm. will take it from here. You, yeah. you aren't needed anymore. Thank you. Goodbye.
0: Absolutely. So that I mean, that really like the, the taking it back to like that one big takeaway thing from this event for me was this whole journey of becoming self-aware of these these voices that are in there that want to, you know, they want to protect, but they're not—they're not serving my best interest anymore, and they're not actually taking care of me and find, figuring out that I do actually have a higher self that is deserving of receiving happiness and deserving of receiving love and of value and and fit for service to my community. You know, like that's—that's that's the. Big one. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm a theft yes. for service. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. That's so exciting. I uh, w- what did we not talk about that we have to talk about in our final
0: minutes? <sighs> I think the, the curiosity that is inspired by the architecture of the the space The space is designed to instigate curiosity, to bring that childlike nature of the self to the surface. So, majority of people move around on bicycles, and you have this vast, this expansive playground of life-size art that is designed to be climbed on, to be touched, to be go inside of, to explore, and to be interactive. So, you see. A group of adults jump on their bicycles, which is something kids do more of the time. Yeah. Jump on their bikes and go for a bike ride together. Love it. Right. And so you kind of you bring things back to that level of that childlike curiosity. Love it. You put on your favorite superhero costume and you head off and you go on an adventure and you don't necessarily know where the adventure is going to go. And on that adventure, you encounter all kinds of magical, creative, amazing things that you could have never possibly imagined. So the texture of the landscape that inspires the creative child mind to just come to the forefront. And I love watching how... And I'm first of all, I'm going to put gratitude, huge gratitude. I have, we have the best family. Sky family, you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the way that our family sticks together and we have uh, you know, a leader in our group, Dicko's got this really tall flag on the back of his bicycle with a flag on the top that we all know and well. If you're a Sky family person, you'd see that flag and be like, yeah, I know that flag. (laughs) And you would, you know, we stick together. And as the group goes exploring, you know, something curious pops up in our vision and we veer off to one side to go look at it, climb on it, play around with it, interact with it, be, be inspired or just be playful. It's, it's all inspiring to see, you know, full grown, full grown adults back up to a level of let's be creative and let's be curious and let's just have fun and let's not know what's around the corner and let's just go wander around and see what's there.
1: Beautiful. Yet another set of insights that is so, so, so translatable that we can with intention bring into our, quote, regular life. I mean, my last ceremony play was a big takeaway. Just reminding me to play. I used to fish in mud puddles, you know what I'm saying, where I tied a rock onto the end of the string. That was fun. You know, it's just I love the reminder for any adult to reconnect to childlike wonder, childlike curiosity
0: and play. Beautiful. I'm going to tell her my favorite story. The posses ride along on bicycles. We're going from one place to another, and somebody looks over to the side, and they're like, what is that thing? And there's this big uh, um, uneven kind of uh, globe or sphere made of metal that is on pivots, so it rotates around. It's like a big monkey bars that spins around, and our family just goes... Just heads for the same people start climbing on it, and you've got 20 people on the thing rocking it back and forth until it flips and does complete 360. So it's like a hamster wheel, but you can be on the outside and you can be on the inside, and it's not symmetrical and it's not balanced. Wow. And so you've got this, you know, this group of monkey. Mind, you know, slackliners, space jumpers, climbers, highliners, you know, and just climbing all over this thing and thing rocks left, rocks right and over I the top, know. you know, it's just and it's literally it's kids at the playground. Yeah. On the monkey bars, on the swings, you know, having a grandiose time. Just playing and just being present and that completely present to now, forgetting future, forgetting past. We're not worrying about outcomes, no attachments to things, just playful, fun curiosity.
1: And I love, Jay, that you are modeling and in your sharing the extremes that all the all-encompassingness of of the experience of Burning Man, but of being a human healing and experiencing and and growing and changing and all the things where you have this deep, painful... Very vulnerable experience. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you always for being a model for people who want to grow in those ways that have those voices too, to make them, to help them, I hope, feel less alone. That's fucking incredible. And I acknowledge you for that. Concurrently talking about these stories of play and going, you know what, you could be having this really deep and painful experience and not. In very close proximity, you can access play and connection and love and beauty, but it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm in this arduous healing process, and I'm in pain, and it takes forever. And sometimes that's true, but I I just love that this share today shows that we can wax and wane in in and out of these things very, very easily. And that's normal and that's good and that's available, just simply available to all of us. So I just I, I honor you. I love you. I appreciate you. And is there anything else before we close?
0: I just want to express love and gratitude to all of my fellow burners and all of those who are yet to burn, who know that they are burners as well in their (laughs) hearts. And I've noted that there was a time in my life where all my friends were skydivers and now it's kind of shifted to where most all my friends are burners. And that's a really key uh, note of observation. So thank you to everybody for your love and support and open Holding of space for each other to just be, have the journey and have the experience. And I know every single one of us goes through a challenging, deep, deeply challenging experiences, and we're all here for each other. So, absolutely you. love you. Well,
1: thank you, everybody, as always, for listening. We love you too. We are grateful, always grateful that you spend your time and energy and heart with us. To, to listen to share to support us however you do we are grateful we love you and I guess until next time
0: yeah thanks for everything